Well, good morning. Uh, You can turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians. And chapter 2, we'll be looking at verse uh, 16 through to verse 23. So Colossians in chapter 2, verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died... To the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Let's just pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this uh, time that we can have in your word, Lord. We thank you for your word and uh, the people who have uh, fought to preserve it, uh, to translate it for us. And we thank you uh, that we can have it, that we can read it and study it, Lord. We just pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would uh, work in each person here, that uh, there would be uh, conviction and uh, the willingness uh, to change and uh, to forsake sin, Lord. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We live in a time where false teaching uh, and false information is present all around us, uh, perhaps more than ever. The television uh, and radio spews out endless information, some of which is true and factual, uh, and others which is not. By far the biggest stage for false teaching uh, is the internet. Uh, There are articles written in favour of and against almost every topic that you could imagine. And a lot of talented writers present very persuasive arguments for things which have been proven false over and over throughout history. And not only in the mainstream secular world, uh, but even more dangerous, uh, false teaching is found in Christian bookstores and online Christian resources. Uh, Teachings that mix truth and fallacy and are capable of causing a lot of damage to those who follow them and can drag the name of Christianity uh, and Christ through the mud. The book of Colossians is a rebuttal to the false teachings that were facing the church there. Uh, While there were not as many as we see today, the people who believed them were uh, numerous and they were passionate and actively trying to bring the Christians at Colossae under their teaching. And as we've seen previously, Paul addresses the heresies of the false teachers. Most of the false teaching revolved around the idea that there were higher levels and deeper depths to be reached, greater humility, piety and other experiences. Colossians 2 and verse 10 is a summary of the first part of Paul's letter. It says, And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In other words, you are complete in him who is the head. There is no lacking and there is no insufficiency. Colossians uh, chapter 2 verses 8 to 23 is the heart of the letter. This is where Paul makes a specific attack on false teachers. And we see that there are four different aspects of heresy which are addressed. 
and these are philosophy, legalism, mysticism and asceticism. Verses 8 to 15, which we have uh, looked at in previous weeks, are all about the first false teaching, human philosophy. The idea that you need Christ plus wisdom, Christ plus philosophy, uh, whereas Paul says Christ plus nothing. Uh, People aren't really surprised if you say that you believe the Bible. Uh, They might say it's got some great things to say. For example, love thy neighbour. But believing only the Bible is something uh, entirely different. There has to be more to it than that. Uh, They might say you need to have studied some philosophy as well to have any idea what it's talking about. Uh, There needs to be Christ plus education plus life experience. Uh, A lot of Bible colleges today are teaching more about philosophy than biblical teachings because of this idea. Uh, The second false teaching Paul attacks in the verses that we're looking at today is legalism. The idea that you must commit yourself to the religion of human achievement This is Christ plus works of righteousness. And in verse 16 it says, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. In other words, these people are trying to lead you away with legalism, trying to judge you on what you eat or drink and what you attend, whether you make sacrifice on first day of the month, the new moon. Uh, It isn't enough to have Christ. They say you must know Christ plus keep the Jewish law. That salvation and spirituality is based on Christ plus keeping certain rituals. Legalism, simply put, is subscribing your spirituality to the ability to keep man-made rules. On the other hand, following God's rules is obedience. Uh, And this includes obeying God in putting aside rules that are not applicable to us anymore. For example, those that are found in the Old Testament. Paul says that if you believe everything is complete in Christ, then don't let anyone come along making a spiritual judgment on you for what you do. Don't feel pressure to conform to legalistic patterns. Paul warns against suddenly losing freedom in Christ and giving over over spirituality to externals. Christ has cancelled the bondage of the law, as we saw in verse 14, which says, cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing to the cross. The ritual system ended at the cross. He has gained victory once and for all. Christians have no need to be subscribed to it. To become a part of it is pointless and hopeless. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't be tricked, Paul says. Don't let anyone evaluate your spirituality based on your external practices. That is what they do, eat, drink, what routines they keep. Now, the problem with that is somebody who isn't a real Christian can qualify on every account. Fake people can always conform to externals. Christians who see someone with a cigarette or someone take a glass of wine or beer may immediately say that person is carnal or not a Christian. Uh, But this is not the way to evaluate spirituality. And these topics are dealt with in other passages, but they're not a criteria for people to judge someone's spirituality. Uh, Titus uh, 1.14, which we've read already, says, Not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. uh, But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. 
They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. People mask themselves with externals, and yet internally are evil, reprobate. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 say, Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. People can follow rules, but internally be hypocrites. Paul says, don't let these people rob you of your liberty. Some people can uh, legitimately make us restrict our liberty. For example, the Bible talks about uh, weaker brothers, also people who you might offend who are open to Christ. Uh, And at the time that Paul is writing, some things were all right to do, but he warned not to do them for the sake of the Jews in the church. But concerning false teachers... Paul says, enjoy your liberty and don't let them restrict it because for them it's not a personal conscience issue. It's them believing that Christ is not enough. Uh, Verse 16 says, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Uh, The false teachers use common verses which we still hear today. For example, Leviticus 10 verse 9 which says, drink no wine or strong drink. Numbers 6, uh, verse 3, which reads, He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink and shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes fresh or dried. And also Judges chapter 13, verse 4, which says, Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean uh, in regards to Samson. And there are many Old Testament laws about eating, drinking and other practices which God gave for the purpose of creating a unique situation or to keep them from eating something harmful physically or nutritionally. Uh, Primarily God wanted a peculiar people set apart by certain things. Uh, Because of all the different rules they had it was hard for them to mingle with other nations which was by design. And in the New Testament Mark chapter 7 verse 15 makes a revolutionary comment uh, one which is shocking to the Jewish mind. It says, There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. The false teachers of this day pushed that Christ was not enough, that they needed Christ plus works. Uh, This is the same false system that all religions teach today, that that it is your works that save you. Christianity is the only system that relies on grace alone. Paul had a strong warning against people who want uh, to impose a legalistic system. The rules and laws of the Old Testament shadow the reality and fulfilment of Christ, which is now complete. Uh, Using this example, some were happy to live in the shadow and to pull others in with them. But Paul says there is no need to be in the shadow any longer, as Christ has fulfilled the prophecies and the law. In summary of this point, It's not for us to judge someone's spirituality on an external basis. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5 says, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring light to the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Spirituality is not a matter of external ritual, but a matter of the internal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul exhorts the church at Colossae to remember this when they're faced with false teaching, saying they need extra works to be saved. Uh, The the third false teaching Paul looks at is mysticism. 
Mysticism is the teaching that someone will have a deeper or higher subjective spiritual experience which brings them salvation or empowerment in God. The heretics of this day were saying that they had a mystical union with God uh, and reached humility and piety like nothing anyone had experienced. They had gone through lesser gods and arrived at the true and most powerful God, giving them a much higher spirituality. Uh, Verse 18 and 19 of chapter 2 say, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. In other words, don't let anyone tell you that you are disqualified from obtaining spirituality because you haven't reached the level of self-abasement or haven't understood angels or had the right visions. Uh, Because the one thing that they're not doing is holding fast to the head, that is the head of the church, Jesus Christ. They're teaching Christ plus, plus visions, Christ plus angelic experiences, or Christ plus higher knowledge. This kind of teaching led to what was known as Gnosticism, a very prevalent heresy in the early church. That is, uh, that to be saved you have to have a higher knowledge, knowledge of various lesser gods until you reach the level of the highest god. Uh, When Paul says, let no one disqualify you, he is saying, don't let anyone say you're disqualified from being a Christian because you haven't obtained the higher knowledge or because you haven't had angels and super visions because you haven't reached a higher plane because of mystical experiences. This teaching boils down to the fact that they don't believe Jesus is enough. They need Jesus plus more. This false teaching is also very much rooted in pride. The teachers delight in their knowledge, the fact that God would choose them to see extra teachings that nobody else has. Verse 18 says uh, they were insisting on the worship of angels, Uh, But we read in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. These types of teachings of visions and special messages can leave Christians feeling second class if they're not having them or can make them pretend to have them uh, just to meet external expectations. But Paul says, don't let people say you're disqualified and take away your prize. The truth is they are proud in their beliefs and guilty of spiritual hypocrisy, spiritual pride. And he says the problem is they are not holding fast to the head, to Christ. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We have all we need in Christ. The fourth false teaching uh, which Paul attacks is asceticism. An ascetic is someone who lives a life of rigorous self-denial, the kind of person who sells everything and goes to live in a monastery. Verse 20 says, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? In other words, if you are already dead with Christ from the ABCs of the world, Why, as though you still live in the world, are you subjecting yourself to ordinances such as handle not, taste not, touch not? Your union with Christ and his death has caused you to be separate from human religion. The redeemed are set free from human-made rules. The world says if you want to be really holy, give up everything. Deprive yourself, 
and live in total abstinence. Uh, This is simply modelling yourself after a system of the world. The original ascetic belief was very extreme and was rooted in the idea that the body was completely evil. It was a sin to bathe because you would see your own body. Marriage was a construct of Satan which separates you from God as you would see somebody else's body. Those who never changed their clothes or washed were seen as extremely holy. Uh, There was a man by the name of Simeon of which it was said when he walked, vermin dropped off his body and this is how holy he was. Uh, It went to such extremes that men would castrate themselves in an act of self-denial, all in attempt uh, to obtain holiness. But God doesn't expect everyone to live in poverty. He doesn't expect everyone to live in wealth. Our spirituality and our salvation is not determined by any of these things. Uh, Not Christ plus poverty, not Christ plus isolation, not Christ plus anything. Verse 23 says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Uh, These acts have a reputation for wisdom. Uh, Look at him, he speaks to angels and receives revelations. Or look at that person who lives in poverty because of self-made humility. These things are of no value and only satisfy the flesh. It is man's attempt to glorify himself, believing that he can make himself spiritual when it is only God who can save. Uh, Also, asceticism, uh, asceticism goes a long way in showing what people would rather do than to accept their sinful state and turn from it. People would rather pierce their backs with hooks and suspend themselves, rather walk a marathon in glass-filled shoes than give up their sins or yield up their wills to Christ. In our modern day, there are many additions to Christ. Christ plus what you eat and drink, Christ plus what you know, Christ plus uh, special deeper experiences. All of these additions might seem intimidating to us, Uh, if the only thing we have is Christ, but they shouldn't. Uh, Paul describes what we have in Christ in Colossians in chapter 1, verses 15 uh, to 19, uh, which I'll finish by reading. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and second corinthians 12 and verse 9 says my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness